Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest tonight is Miss B50 Love. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Um, I actually um, came across, we, we was introduced on um, IG, and I remember you were saying you're doing like a startup media company, so I wanted you to talk more about it. Sure. Um, when B50 Love initially started, it was just as any Instagram person, you know, that wants to start an Instagram, um, putting in some words of wisdom, some motivation and things of that nature. And as it grew, um, I realized that it was resonating with a lot of different people um, and it continued to grow. And initially I wanted to do a nonprofit um, for mental health awareness um, and have a, a mental health organization, but it became difficult in doing the startup for the nonprofit, but because the media aspect and writing aspect has always been something I've wanted to do, and it's always kind of been in my blood, if you watch my IG, um, videos and pros and speaking and kind of the whole gamut and even the whole news and culture and that whole piece, um, I just decided to start my own company because when I brought things to people, um, different companies' attention, they told me they wanted to keep my ideas. And I just didn't feel comfortable with that. You know, something with my name on it and another company would have it. So I said, I'll just do it myself. And right. that's so how the, it come up. What's the name of the company? So um, initially right now is B50 Love uh, Media Group LLC. And um, it will be a, a kind of a, a conglomerate of different things because the initial piece of the media uh, company or the organization in and of itself, the initial website will have more um, uh, culture, more um, news that deals particularly with um, adults over 50, but not the type of news that you normally see where you see, you know, grandma baked a, a big old cake today and look what she did. Not nothing of that nature, <laughs> but something very similar to where Rihanna hired that um, older, I forgot her age, but the older woman to be a model for a Fenty collection things of that nature, you know, the over 50 uh, couture models that are traveling, the over 50 um, people that changed their careers and was an engineer, and now they're, you know, an entertainer, or they were a mechanic, and now they're a doctor, which that really did happen, and things of that nature. So that will be the, the center, and, and of course, the motivation and encouragement and information for people that are looking to retire, as well as people that are going through some stuff and they just need that, I'm not the only one, you know, information. So it'll kind of be a, a centered around the umbrella of that. And then as it grows, there's production pieces um, that I'm working on um, to produce, um, not just web series, which is something I really want to do, but it was movies and things of that nature, which, you know, to to God, fingers crossed, then, you know, sometime within a couple of years, you'll see on the big screen, B-50 or something, you know, that, that I'm a part of. But with that said, initially, I, I'm in production for a, for a web series now. So we'll see how that works. 
So in this web series, will it will it because you said it sounds like you have a theme of like fifty and over. So will this web series be based on fifty and over or no it will not. The the web series itself will be more of an encouragement motivational, but it will be more of a um I guess the best way I can describe it is that it will be a series and it will be centered around uh, adults, but not over 50 adults completely, but it'll be centered around a kind of an array or diverse of adults that are going through the stuff that we go through every day from relationship problems, dating problems, um, ghosting, you know, which I wrote about, um, all these different issues. And it'll just be a web series that will be centered around our everyday. Okay. Um, I noticed too. You talk a lot about mental health. Like, where does that come from? Like, it's because you, you have a, it seems like you have a lot of passion towards addressing that. So, where does that come from? So that comes from uh, my son. My son was diagnosed with bipolar type one, um, and the way we found out, unfortunately, was my son attempted suicide. And when my son attempted suicide, and we went through the you know, the hospitals, the doctors, um, and then I had to uh, have him committed. Um, that's when they diagnosed him with that. But per the diagnosis, we had to go through the navigation of making sure we had the right insurance, which I found out I didn't. Um, all the different doctors, having him committed, we initially he was on the wrong medication, then we had to get him to the right medication. Um, it was, and, and then the medication started ripple effects with other issues that he ended, um, ended up having, you know, unfortunately it went from that to an alcohol addiction, um, which runs in my family, um, and drug addiction. So it became a huge umbrella of problems and I just didn't know anything about it. And there were so many pieces that you think in this world right now of information that should be available that wasn't. And I had the most difficult time trying to find therapists and information and just knowing which way we were supposed to go. And um, trying to do that by yourself is even more difficult. So that is why I'm passionate about it and wanted to have a nonprofit because it's a lot of research that I like to do um, because it just seems like now more and more people are are labeled with mental health issues between depression, anxiety, um, all the different things. And now with even with social media, there is uh, more self-doubt and, um, you know, body dysmorphia and a lot of different issues that people are having. So um, that's the reason why it's become my, my soapbox. I wanted to go back because you talked about medicine. Um hmm do you do was it is it even possible for him to function without medicine it is and he's doing it now so part of my research is this um one of the pieces when he was initially diagnosed they had him on a kind of cocktail of uh, drugs and each one actually had a ripple effect to other things within the body the liver the kidney and all of that um, we found that it was a not a good, it was the wrong medication because as he took this medication, um, and it was a blood thinner also, as he took this medication, he actually seemed to get worse. And he was very lethargic. Um, he just was different. He couldn't get up to go to work. He just couldn't do a lot of things. 
And they found out later when he went back to the hospital and actually had to get recommitted that they put him on lithium. And then when they put him on lithium, that was much better, but he didn't want to be on that medication forever. And one of the pieces is because he didn't live in a good neighborhood. You know, he lived in a pretty impoverished area. You know, there's no good nutrition around. There's, um, it was a liquor store on every single corner. You can get that for a dollar. Um, you know, but he, anything else was fast food and it just wasn't enough nutrition. So I believe that it's a correlation between good nutrition and mental health. And once he came out of that area and I, I really started to eat better, um, and really started to take more vitamins and things of that nature and take care of himself, I saw a big difference. So yeah, he, he didn't, he's not on it right now. He is with a therapist and he's has therapy now, but um, right currently he's not on the medication. Wow. Cause you, it, the reason I went back is because, you know, we got a lot of people that have issues, mental issues that go unaddressed. Right. So, you know, we, we, we're quick to label people crazy. Exactly. Like, or you need to control yourself, but there's people who clinically are really having issues and they can't control themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that one of the sad pieces is that it, it's to a point that almost everybody has some level of mental health issue. If we had to label anything, when you're depressed, when you're feeling bad, when you have anxiety, all those are part of it. And the sad part is that when people start, especially the teenagers, when they start to feel that they're going through it, people are quick to direct them to a doctor and direct them straight to get medicated. And I don't believe that that is always the solution. I believe that, you know, it may be a matter of being able to manage it, being able to understand what's going on. The environment is a part of it, as well as nutrition being a big part of it. And um, I also believe, and, and this is deeper, deeper research, but I also believe that many of the people that were affected with the lead in their water and Detroit, Michigan, things of that nature, that those children, as they start to grow, will start to develop certain mental illnesses or maybe have certain learning disorders that may be due to the lead. But if people forget that this ever happened, and people don't pay attention to it, then those children will be the ones that will go straight to the doctor, straight to get medication, you know, straight to get all these things when maybe they needed to dial it back. And it may just be a matter of, if, especially if they're away from that area, maybe it's a matter of better nutrition and healing the inside before they start, um, you know, popping pills and things of that nature. But you also mentioned the finances too. So that's, I mean, that's the key aspect too, because um, some people may not even have the means to get the medicine and get the help they need. Right. And I, and we didn't, and we didn't, I had to liquidate many, almost all my accounts to try to help my son out because we didn't, my, we found out that the insurance I had was, didn't cover everything. So one of the pieces that I found, which again, going back to nutrition, nutrition if you're in a, a poorer area, you can't find a Whole Foods or a mom's market or something that has fresh organic food 
or it's very, it's not close. My son didn't have a car, so he didn't walk all the way to Giant, but the closest thing to him was Hardee's and a big lot. Wow. And, li- and and a bunch of liquor stores. So if I couldn't get to him and he couldn't get to get some food and he was out, he would buy some crap from, I shouldn't say crap, but he would buy some stuff from Big Lots or he'd buy some mess, I shouldn't say mess, but some stuff from Hardee's and that would be his food for the day. And that's a lot of people that have to suffer with that. So one of the pieces during the the, the nonprofit I wanted to do with nutrition is something that's already being done in a lot of the communities in Baltimore and certain areas of DC where they have markets and farmers markets and they have um you know um fresh tomatoes and 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 having areas where they can get fresh food so that's kind of one of the pieces that I would love to see happen in my lifetime and to get that done. But it's it's a matter of me trying to get the money and then trying to funnel it properly so that way I can see some of these things. Because there's so many people that are millionaires and billionaires out here, but there are so many people still suffering and they've got the means to just say, let's put a Whole Foods here. Let's put a market here. Let's put fresh food here. Let's, you know, let's have fresh drinking water, but it's just not done. Do you think that's by design? Like, um, you know, because I get that it takes <laughs> a lot of, you know, I think you kind of know where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. I almost yes, feel I like that's by design. I mean, we, we you uh, know. It is, we, it is to a certain extent, and, and you'll get me on my conspiracy theory box, but I do believe that there is a systematic um sense to it and the fact that if you look at many of these areas and the stuff that they're not available to, if you look at the areas being predominantly people of color, um, if you look at the location of these areas in relation to the location of um, where they need to go as far as work or where they need to go as far as food choices, shopping, and if you look at these areas and see all the liquor stores around, all the th- negative things where majority of the people around there that live there. In my son's building, majority of those people were alcoholics. You know, and here we are, and they're walking distance from three liquor stores. Yeah. And it's like, come on. I, could, I mean, I, I was shocked when my son had to be there, and I looked around the corner, and I mean, literally, he's walking distance from three different liquor stores, but he can't walk because it's too far just to buy some dang on groceries from Giant. And that was that's the sad part. Yeah, I think one of the things that that you realize is you know, I used to live in I used to live in a, you know area, you know, look, I grew up in Capitol Heights. So uh-huh. in Capitol Heights, I I moved away like uh back in like two thousand three and now I'm in Virginia. But when I go back home, because that's always going to be my home. But when I go back, I counted like seven liquor stores within a right. three-mile radius. Where right. where I'm at, you may find one in about in about a good ten, and and they're not open, and they're not. It's convenient to get to. Right. Same here. I'm. I. I mean, I'm not originally from the D.C. metro area, but where I am from. The closest liquor store was around. The, I mean, literally, all I had to do was cross the street, and I was at the liquor store. But to get to the grocery store, I needed to take a bus. Wow. Now, um, where I'm located now, currently, I'm walking distance from Whole Foods. 
to find a liquor store, I would have to do, I would have to walk. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's just, it, it, no, I'm just saying it makes perfect sense where you can look at it as a, as a systematic design to, um, you know, as far as um, the cultures and races, um, there's so many um, pieces under the umbrella on why people are unable to get the help that they need. Um, so mental health is, is my bullet point. So I'm hoping, to, I'm, I'm hoping that I can be one of those people to make a dent. Yeah, that's hope. <laughs> um, you recently attended the um, Capital City Web Awards. How did that come about? So my friend, um, India uh, Doy, is a uh, actress and one of the cast members on Anacostia, which I believe is in his 10th season. Hopefully I'm not wrong, but I think it's in his 10th season. Um, Anthony Anderson, which is the director and producer of the show, as well as I think a couple other series, um, he had a dream to have a web awards specifically for not just the web series, but people of color that have created these web series within the capital city region. Um, and I had no idea with so many. I was aware, I had awareness of Anacostia and a couple of others, but it was a lot. So the award ceremony was to honor, of course, Anthony Anderson's dream of having this award ceremony. And then of course, honor the people that, um, I participate in them. So for, uh, it was just like any other one where you have your best producer, best actor, best actress, um, supporting actress and things of that nature. So this was the first annual. It was great. Um, tons of resources there as I moved towards a, a production arena. Um, so that's, that's how it came about really through my friend. And I just met a lot of wonderful people. How many people would you say attended? Uh, in total, I believe that it may have been over, maybe over 200 people, but I could be off. It could be a little bit less here or there. What I believe, though, is that as this continues with everything, it will be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, right now, that was the first annual, and it was pretty small, um, but now I believe that as time passed, it'll be a lot. Because they had over 115 app, um, nominations. And so over 115 nominations. So with those people there, I know it was over 200 folks that was probably present. Wow. Wow. So yeah, what, 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 what venue did they hold it in? Uh, it was held uh, in Washington, in, uh, D.C. at the Theric. I forgot what that's called. The Town Hall. Town Hall something. <laughs> or Recreation Center. Um, okay. but it was off of uh, Mississippi Avenue in Washington, D.C. Okay. Now, I, I always, I, like I said, I, when I first started talking, one of the things that made me focus on your page was the blogs. Like, you have a great series of blogs going. I wanted oh, you to, you. To, to touch on more of them. Um, I know the one that I read. <laughs> uh -oh. I read the one, um, Dayton at 50. <laughs> that, one, that, one. Okay. that one seemed to resonate with a lot of people that one and my ghosting one <laughs> so i didn't get a chance to read the ghosting one but the day the day no 51 i stumbled upon it because i clicked on your link tree and right. um so i was like okay well, let me let me just read it and 
I was kind of surprised that the things that you were saying were issues because I would think at 50, those wouldn't be issues. Praise the Lord. I thought it was too. I was wrong. So, <laughs> I, and that's why I wrote it. Um, and I'm hoping to make that into a movie one day. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, when you, you know, the when I came out of my marriage, I actually thought that it was going to be simple. I thought that at 50 years old, I was going to come out of it. Okay, you know, we're all going to be on the same level field. Anybody that's out here is going to be like me looking for a relationship and wow, everything is going to be great and God's going to bless me and blah, 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 blah. And nope, I got <laughs> so, I went through the same issues and go through the same issues as a 50 year old, as I did when I was 18 and 19 years old, you've got, and I, and I don't want to demonize men because I will never do that. I'll never demonize black men. I'll never demonize men, period. It's just the individuals I met. So the individuals that I met, I happened to find the men that were either married already and cheating or, you know, have insecurity issues. Um, I myself, when I initially came out, my marriage had no idea. I had issues. I had absolutely no idea. I thought I was good as gold and realized I had a, you know, huge bucket full of emotions I had yet to um, to manage. So here I am dating, thinking everything's cool, and I trip and fail for somebody, and all those emotions fell out. And so unfortunately, it fell over that same, that person. But I learned a lot from it. But the dating at 50 is a difficult process because if you add that and then couple the fact the majority of the women in my age group are already married the men in my age group are already married so then take those take all the dating problems now everybody's married um now everybody's married are you still there yeah oh okay and now now they're married and then it's difficult to meet people now i do look young for my age that's true i do but even though I look very young, I do recognize I'm 50. So when I'm at um, certain areas or when I am going out, I tend to meet men who are 39 and 38 and 34. And I personally am trying to look for men my age. So that's become an issue. So, so it's a okay, let, me, let me let me ask you, what's wrong with what's wrong with with 38, 39, what's wrong with the age? There's nothing wrong with the age at all, but I'm not selfish. I do not want, I would love to date, I have dated, and I don't have any problem with dating men that that age, I think it's fine. But I don't wanna have a relationship with someone that's 38, 39, and they don't have any children because I can't give them a family anymore. So because uh, of that, I don't wanna be selfish and actually date and have a relationship with someone a dating you know as far as a normal dating let's go out and have a good time but if you're talking relationship now you're in a whole different ball game because now you are 50 years old i have four children that are now are grown-ups and here's this young man who's 38 39 years old never had any kids and now he's with a 50 year old and whether i look 30 or not he can't ever have a family with me. So that is something that I think about. So that's why I don't want to, you know, I try not to date someone that's 
in that age range because I don't want to fall for somebody like that. And I don't want them falling for me. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's just so interesting. Because, yeah. um, okay, if we, I, I want to make sure I phrase it correctly. So yeah. is it, is it that you won't even let it get that far, or because because he may what if it's what if he doesn't want that? Like he may not want he may not want to like it could be a 38, 39 year old who you know who's used to living his life, traveling, doing all the things that I'm not gonna say you can't do with a child, but it makes it a little more difficult. And he's made a decision that he doesn't want kids. I'm laughing because you called him a child already. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said if he doesn't have, if he doesn't have. Oh, if he does have a child. Oh, okay. I was about to say. But yeah. Um. So, at the end of the day, what I do also do is give everything to God. So if I date with some date someone and that happens, then that's God's will. I do not question what God wants, and I don't even though I want to. Oh boy, do I want to! <laughs> oh, because God got a way of doing some things that it's like, well, if I could just, can I just go up there and talk to you for a second? But if He is not, um, you know, I give it all to God, and if. I'm with someone and I have a relationship with someone and it gets to that level and he happens to be young, then so be it. You know, it is, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to navigate this world as God does or as Jesus did in the sense that I'm trying to feel and understand people. I'm not trying to get in my own way, which that has always failed. So um, it's best that if we, and if I'm going to tell other people to do it, I have to walk in my own stuff. So I do try to do that. So I, I don't say no, but what I I still stay, you know, aware and maybe guarded in that respect. I got you. Well, right. So I didn't get a chance. I want you to discuss the ghost and thing because I didn't get a chance to read it. So <laughs> you need to read that because a lot of people like that one. Because <laughs> having because because now because if we talk about it, it'll not gonna, it'll, it won't change the way I read it, but. Once I read it, I'll have more of an understanding. Oh, so, what was going on with that blog? What was, what was so, so ghosting came about because I did not know that it existed. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. You know, um, I it happened to me, and I had no idea. I really thought that something happened to the guy's phone that he got hurt. You know, I'm thinking his guy's out here dead. I knew he was going to the doctor. You know, we all in our 50. I hadn't turned 50 yet, but he was in his 50s. And I'm like, oh, he had a heart attack. He had a stroke. He hurt. He's at the hospital. Oh, Jesus, what's wrong with him? You know, and I really thought that this guy had a problem. And then he stopped. He didn't call me. And this is, was a regular, ongoing relationship. Lasted several months. And... You know, I'm seeing nobody else. We're dating. We're talking. We're going out. Everything. And then all of a sudden, it just stops abruptly. And I don't hear from him for four, about five days, four or five days. And I'm calling, and I'm calling, and I'm calling, and I'm not getting anything. And I'm leaving messages, and I'm texting. I'm like, oh, my God. And I realized throughout our relationship, you know, I knew where he lived, but I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable going over to his house. I didn't know what to do. And then finally... I'm on Facebook, and he posts something. Wow. And it was something something random, but I was like, huh? So then I called him, and then finally he texts me back, 
and I find out he's got a girlfriend and all kind of other drama. He had a girlfriend. He had just mess. And so that's when I found out, you know, a person said, well, you got, go- you got ghosted. Well, I was like, well, huh? You know, and that's when I found out that was a real thing. And the more I talked to people, they were, this is, this has become the world. And I thought it was a millennial thing. And it's a, and everybody does it. It's like, I talk to you every single day for six, seven months. And then boop, I stop talking to you and I'm gone. Okay. I'm not making no excuses for them, but what, but I think ghosting has been happening forever. It's just now. Exactly. We just got exactly. more means. We just had more means to communicate with people. So. Amen. Amen. And ghosting happened even when, right, when we had dial-up telephones, people stopped <laughs> dialing the numbers. And, you know, and you're absolutely right. But, you know, when you think about it, we're in a, in a world right now where real-time communication happens, you know. And so everybody has their phone with them 24 hours out of the day. So when you have a telephone, you have to go to the house and pick up the phone and sit down and dial. And then, true, people stop calling you and it is what it is. But you're talking about a world where we are, our phones are hooked to our hips. And yeah. so when people don't text you, you immediately think something's wrong, you know, as far as something's wrong with that person. Not that they don't want you. You just think they're hurt. And... You know, I realized that there were so many people that felt that this was an okay thing to do. So in my ghosting blog, I didn't just talk about ghosting. I talked about the emotions that's happening to the ghostee. You know, so I broke down what happens. I gave I kind of a play-by-play on what happens to a person when they're ghosted. You know, the first thing, of course, is are you okay? All right, what happened? You know, and that's the first set of emotions is fear. And then the second set of emotions is anger, because then you find out the person's alive and they just dropped you. So now you're mad. But then your third set of emotions are you feeling bad about yourself? What did I do? How should I have done something better? What what could I have done? Was it something I said? And then you start having self-doubt and pity and grieving because it's like, where where did I what did I do what did I say did did I wear something wrong did I say something wrong who was you with and then I go through if you have a good support system where you can be lifted up because people don't realize that even though we're in this world where we text email uh you know we barely call people now but you call people and you have very little face to face and you know as well as I do because you work in an environment where people send you emails and they'll say a lot of crap in an email. But when you meet them, they won't say it. And so the way the world is, is I'm going to either stop communication with you or BS some crap in that communication and then done. And I don't, I, they don't have to feel anything because they never saw you and they never talked to you. And because... And I think that's that's why I wrote it, not just to show people that actually do it, what emotions are going on, but then stop it because we need to go back to the world where we spoke to people, where we talked to them, where we looked at them in their face, because that's why all this crap is happening today. People wouldn't dare do a lot of things that they do if they were talking to people face to face on a daily basis. 
I'm gonna be honest. I don't think we're going back to those times. I know, I know, and I don't think we ever will either. But if I can just get some people to move forward, even one person to say and do as I do. I mean, when I have a relationship that's ending or relate or people that I'm talking to or somebody don't, I say it. I talk to them. Hey, this ain't working out. I might hear some hoes or highs or oohs and ees, or I might have good because I ain't like you either. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, that's, um, but that, that's closure. And then you move on and that's it. And you're not scoping around certain areas of the city because you're afraid the person might bump into you. It, that becomes ridiculous. And so if I could save one person from this mess, um, that's why I do it. <laughs> well, yeah. I wanna th- um I wanna thank you for taking the time to do this because I know you you know you're busy and we all got things going on. So I wanna thank you thank you for doing this time. Do you wanna tell the listeners how they can follow you? Oh yes. Um you can follow me. I'm on several different platforms now. So of course I have the IG B fifty love. I have a Twitter B fifty love one. I'm on Facebook B fifty love. I'm also on uh, uh, Flipboard. So Flipboard allows you to create magazines, um, which is awesome. Anybody can do it. Um, and so you can find me on Flipboard, B50Love. And uh, I think that's all. Oh, and Snapchat, which I haven't figured out what to do with it. So you'll probably just see my face when I look dumb. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? My, my daughter made me do it. My daughter told me, Mommy, you got to get on everything. And I said, okay. So I look at Snapchat and I just look at it like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, but okay. Well, that's when so, that's when them young guys. That's where they migrate to. So you better be careful. Yeah, I know, right? I know. My daughter has me doing it, and I'm just like, okay. But <laughs> I, 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 I probably won't keep that thing. But the filters are cool. I absolutely love the filters, so I play with them all the time. So I might keep it just for the filters. But anyway, if you're looking for me, I'm everywhere. So um, that's kind of one of the methods to the madness is get yourself out there as much as possible in many different platforms and then, you know, um, just recognizable. And then I can move on to my bigger and better things. Okay. Well, again, I want to thank you for doing this. And I want to thank everyone who took the time to listen. And you all have a good day. Thank you so much.